No. All right. I'm recording. So. I'm recording too. All right. All right. Me too. Totally. Mm-hmm. And hello there once again. Welcome to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. My name is Mike Cisneros, and I'm joined as always by the number eight beer blogger. Or no, no, the number number eight blog. You were number six? They were in no particular order, though, so I could be number one. But the number one beer blog, because there was only one beer blog on the list. And and the publication was Cincinnati Refined. Hey, I was on that too. The, the man who is synonymous no, never mind. I was on with anonymous different. from anywhere and nowhere at the same time, the gnarly gnome. No, welcome back to Cincy Brewcast. Thank you. Cheers. And uh, on my right, the queen of Cincinnati craft beer commentary, late of the Overlook Lodge. Because everybody's winning stuff but me, because she won the drink, uh, the holiday drink contest at Overlook Lodge with the three French hens, a delicious concoction. Again, the queen of Cincinnati craft beer commentary, Tina Cisneros, ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. And uh, taking care of the social media end for us tonight, keeping an eye on Periscope, who we've already had some Periscope complainers tonight, uh, and other of the various and sundry interwebs and Facebookers and all that sort of thing, social media director, Angie Cisneros, Angie Welcome to the program. Thanks. I haven't won anything lately. Either, no, I so. haven't either. So I, I'm kind well, of. Well, now we know who the failures are. Lost yeah. You and win Cincy Brewcast Social Media Director of the Night Award. Aww. Hey. Thanks for making me feel special. So, so Angie and I joined the Cincinnati Bengals with not having won anything lately. Let's, let's not uh, talk about it, please. Let's gonna, do talk about it. We gonna, don't have much to talk about. We're tonight. not going to bear. We're not going to bear a lot. We don't have that. enough it's beer. Just yeah, we don't. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, how was everybody's week? What did everybody do? Did anybody drink anything good? Or uh, the night of the game, I drank a. Uh, it's called it was called Holy Candy. Jeez, uh, well, that sounds uh, good. Yeah, it was a Belgian style double, and uh, it was pretty good. It was from Memphis. The brewery escapes me. I'd have to look it up, but it was. I got it when I was in the Memphis area, coming back from Los Angeles, and so I had uh, one of those. I had a Cellar Blues. And also a uh, uh, a uh, 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 doggone it the uh, the the uh, give me a hint. It's <laughs> you the, know, uh, it's the, the IPA the from Cellar Grove, the Morrow. Jeremiah Morrow. Yes, the, I'm sorry for that. Sorry, Steve Shaw, <laughs> for not remembering <laughs> what I'm drinking. Uh, so I had a couple of those, and and believe me, by the time the game went all zeros, it was not enough. <laughs> we cracked open them. Um. Well, not my dark charge, but um, we were at the, my parents' house, and so I dug into their fridge and pulled out his last bottle of dark <laughs> charge. And well, there you go. Dug into that one. I was at Madtree and um, drinking, enjoying a Rubis cacao, and I actually left the tap room in the last minute of the game because I was so f- afraid that if something horrible were to happen, 
that I would be a casualty. So I burn the building down. Yeah, I chose to watch outdoors by myself. Yeah, well, that might have been the smartest move of all. It was. Uh, so anyway, uh, licking our wounds here in Cincinnati because of that. Anyway, we are going to uh, cut to the chase and get right to our selections tonight that we have reached in and pulled from the beer fridge. <laughs> And tonight, very interesting, I think, what we have is a selection of three barrel-aged beers. It's this temperature here in Cincinnati. Uh, those of you in town know uh, that the temperature has taken a turn for the worst. It, as if anybody was ever complaining that winter was not here, they've gotten their wish because it is definitely freaking winter outside right now. So we thought some good, heavy, stouty... Stouty. <laughs> Refer Sorry, to a previous program for that joke. Um, uh, two stouts, actually, and a, a smoked porter. Uh, two from out of town. Uh, one from Jackie O's in Athens. And one, the infamous, the polarizing, the firebrand. Why didn't the, we save this one for next week? The lightning charge, because I don't know if we can get away with having it in there. Fair uh, enough. So we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll do it. The Bourbon County Stout from Goose Island uh, Brewing in Chicago. And we will be brutally honest with our opinions. And we're going to be brutally honest with <laughs> One our way opinions. Or another. I've seen both ways. I've seen it. So let's go ahead and start with the more local bad boy. And uh, let's try this uh, Jackie O's. It is the... Uh, let me have a bottle of Immediately escapes me. It is the Champion Ground Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout with coffee added. Um, has a little reggae motif on the uh, on the bottle, uh, and uh, this is one of their this is one of their uh, big time beers from Jackie O's in Athens. So this is a barrel aged coffee stout. Is this that right? is a barrel aged coffee stout, and then of course the Bourbon County Stout is just barrel aged stout with nothing added and then the third beer that you brought is it's a smoked barrel aged yes it, it is eyes of the world from triple c brewing uh, in north carolina right mm-hmm. charlotte. Uh, charlotte north carolina smoked porter aged in bourbon barrels so it should be very interesting i'm really and let me tell you one. just uh, as i pour this it looks like motor oil it looks like motor oil <laughs> Like that probably shouldn't sound delicious, but it does. Like, the dogs don't up. like motor oil. The dogs are are like, making uh, their commentary known. I go. I tend to go a really long time without getting my oil changed, and I imagine this is what it looks like. I'm excited to try this. Appropriate enough for the gnome in the Ohio Brew Week. Uh, Jackie O's, where Tina and I are going to move to back to Athens and. Start our jobs there. We're gonna work new lives there. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> smells almost more like the the coffee grounds themselves. I don't know if that's. I guess that's something with the um, the, the the bourbon, the um, like the vanilla kind of oakiness mixed with the coffee. Around the brewery, we listened to a lot of reggae, drank a fair share of coffee, and are devoted to our barrel aging program. There was one-off Imperial Stout that had been resting in bourbon barrels for 11 months. These barrels had a strong dark chocolate presence but needed a boost. 
Green Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee beans made their way to Athens, Ohio. Stoff's Coffee oh. Roasters nailed the perfect roast to complement the barrel-aged stout. Champion Ground was born with an exclamation point. A culmination of exploration and many quality pleasures. The illustration on the label is of Charlie Ace's swingling mobile record shack, which was notorious for broadcasting the champion sound. Our version does this with fresh grounds and good vibes all around. This is really good. Again, personal taste, personal opinion. It's a little hot. I think it. I think it's. I think. But we've had Nancy. Correct me if I'm wrong. We've had this since. Yeah, so we've had this for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, we've sure had it does. since uh, spring. Yeah, <coughs> May. Summer. Since May. And it's been it's been sitting mostly unrefrigerated. I think we've stuck it in the refrigerator in the last couple of weeks. So it's been aged somewhat, but certainly not laid down for any uh, any long term. I don't think it's too hot. I, I don't am, think so either. I mean, I definitely get it, especially in the finish. It... Um, you know, it kind of warms you up it right does there, warm but you yeah, your tongue, which is good because it's I think eighteen degrees outside, so I'm okay with it. It's good, and I don't generally like barrel aged beers. I know, me too. I, don't I like sort the of like the of them, really. Right, but this is it's not as super boozy. I think the the, the sort of vanilla, <coughs> sort of coffee, like coffee and chocolate flavors settle it down a lot. Because sometimes you can get a an imperial <coughs> stout from. Uh, bourbon barrels that are just you don't really get any of those flavors other than the booze and like maybe like a dark roasty flavor but this has a little bit more of a complexity to it it's really good I like the sweetness though I like the sweetness the sweetness kind of gives it a gives it a creaminess I'll tell you what if you think about it Almost like a Kiyoki coffee, almost like a coffee spiked with some bourbon and maybe a little bit of cream. That that's that. I I, I, I can get behind that. I, I mean, I think by and large, I can enjoy that. I, I am enjoying it. it. It is good. I just feel like maybe a little bit too, a little bit too boozy for my pr- preference. But it does make me wonder if it was laid down even longer, if it, that would start to fall out, or if. Um yeah, however, I've finished it all. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we had a 12-ounce 12, 12 bottle. Or, yeah, 12-ounce bottle. So. It was an expensive 12-ounce bottle, too. Uh, yeah, almost $15. 15. Yeah. Ouch. $15 for one of these. Um, yeah, definitely. And definitely one. I mean, you can drink one, and I think that's about it, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is not could, for... You, you buy one of those bottles and share with a couple friends. Do you like it? Okay. Mrs. C, you do not like it. Okay, all right. So that's a, that's and again, I, I know why. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit too much actual bourbon flavor to it. Too boozy. So okay, but that's that's one person's opinion. I think it hugs. I think it hugs that line for me. Yeah, I I, I like it's, it. I don't know. I don't, I do like it though. <laughs> Trying to see if I've tried this before. Bourbon County Stout. Let's use all the little snifters for, for that bad boy. Here. We don't have all little snifters. Well, they're over there. Oh, God bless. <laughs> all right. Why? Because it's such a special if occasion. It says use snifters, damn it. <laughs> if it says it, you have to do it. Thanks. Flags. Flags. 
Sorry to be off mic there, but this is the internet. We can so do whatever we want. Has anybody <laughs> has anybody tried this yet? Have Have you gotten a chance to? I have yeah. never had it, ever. I have not either. Ever in my life. Not even at bottle shares. Not even at at, at somebody's house or. <laughs> Sorry. God bless you. <laughs> and please be. It was. It was. This was like twelve or thirteen dollars or so for. Again, the infamous. From AB InBev, by way of. <laughs> and we'll discuss that. By way of, uh, by way of, of uh, Goose Island Brewing in Chicago. For you, Thank sir. You, sir. Now, see, this one smells a lot boozier to me. I think I'm getting more of the oak. I like this a million Prune. times better than uh, the one that we just had. It says intense aromas oh. of charred oak, vanilla, caramel, and smoke, which is what you get out of a bourbon. Now, you don't get you don't get any like. As far as taking like an imperial stout that has coffee and um, you know chocolate flavors and putting it in a bourbon barrel, then it tastes like those things plus the chocolate and coffee. And this one, um, I mean, it seems to focus a little bit more. The beer itself seems to be a little bit more along the flavor profile of what a bourbon would be. I get something else at the very end that when I when I first drank it, it it's it's really good right at the beginning and then the middle just kind of dies off for me and then at the very end there's there is some kind of char that comes through that i don't get out of a lot of um a lot of barrel aged beer so you, you can you can taste the, the the charred wood which i like do we know what kind of um barrel it's from um i do not if anybody on periscope knows please you mean in. what brand bourbon barrels they use yes i don't know that I'll look it up. Don't worry. Carry on. You guys on Periscope, race Tina. See if you can get it first. I'm going to get it first. This is really good. I do not know that I like it more than the Jackios, though. But that's almost not a fair comparison because of the coffee. <laughs> it is not Lafonda. Do you think bears. it's getting in a? Do you think it's worth getting in a car and driving? No. a couple of hours for no. driving down to Kentucky, and you're happen to be in the party source that day, and you see it, maybe. But no, I, I'm I'm never a, a a beer hunter. I don't I don't go stand in line usually. Other than for, <laughs> other than for the almost the community side of it, just being around other drinkers and and being part of that experience especially if you're it's a um an event like 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 madry where it's you know it's on tap and you know half the proceeds are going to some kind of charity or something i'll I'll show up for something like that but i'm not getting tickets and standing in line for um a bottle of beer as of right now i guess i shouldn't say never i haven't given my opinion on it i'm i'm i like it and i think it tastes like big beer Oh, it's a big beer, all right. Fourteen point three percent. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I 
I mean, AB InBev has had Goose Island for what two, three years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a, since if 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 a small Cincinnati brewery put put out something like this, and they do, we kind of be falling all over ourselves, saying how good it is and what kind of and 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 I think. Uh, this is the type of thing that a lot of brewers in Cincinnati and across the country aspire to. It's good. It's just as good as, but it's not better than anything you might get around. It's not, this is not better than dark charge. I'd love dark charge. No, when we had that at the holiday extravaganza, it's not, it's not better I thought than it dark charge. It's not better than access Monday. It's, it's good, but, but it's damn good. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be thrown out or just, I think my opinion is it shouldn't be thrown out or disregarded just because the brewery is owned by Budweiser. Period. But I am so confused. I, I almost agree with that, but I would also say that I would not. I would not fault somebody for throwing it out because it's AB InBev. Uh, well, well, we're going to have an opportunity <laughs> to discuss this. Yes, we will. We'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. Do you like it or not, Mrs. C? She liked it better than the Jackie O's. A little mm. bit milder. Uh, I agree. I, I think a little bit milder bourbon flavor. Absolutely. I don't feel like you're drinking a Which is funny because this would definitely catch up with you. And I do get a lot of booziness from this one. Yeah. Um, especially just kind of in the in the in the, in the finish. In the, yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I like, but I like it. I don't know if I like it better than the Jackios, but I like it. I think they're different. I think they have it's different... hard to it's it's not yeah. fair to compare them. I think the third one, but I like the Jackios better. Is interesting. A <laughs> bourbon barrel smoked porter, and this was a Christmas present for my and, and and see that's that's all breweries need to do to make wax topping. That's right. A very if... nice thing. It's just to put a little tab of tape on there that you can just peel right off. Which we got our our Braxton backer surveys today for um, like the year end review and for next year and one of the things on there was what what were you upset with this year with Braxton and I I didn't even think to put their little wax toppers I'm gonna send a follow up email because it took me about five minutes to hack into that thing last night with a steak knife and a bottle opener. See, and I'm just afraid that you I'd hack myself up, especially if it wasn't my first. I had no concerns beer. at that point. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. <laughs> in fact, power tools crossed my mind for a second. <laughs> a Dremel. A Dremel uh, To fit would in be... with the Braxton theme. Maybe next year's version should be called Dremel Imperial Stout. <laughs> so this was a, a gift from my wonderful um, brother for Christmas. He lives down in Charlotte and uh, brought this up for me. So thank you, Cheese. I'm not getting a ton in the aroma. Sorry for the tasting silence. This is way fizzier. I get that right. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say, man. You took the words right out of my as mouth. As soon as it hit my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's fizzier. It's not as creamy. The other ones were cr- like creamy. They were like had a had a real, 
you know, sort of not nitro, but just smaller, smaller bubbles. This one's got a lot more effervescence, effervescence to it. I like the bubbles. They're fun and playful. Like skip now that now palette. that I've drank the glass down a little bit, and there's a little bit more room in the in the small flight glasses that we're using. Uh, it's it's opened up a little bit, and it's yeah. got a little bit of the of the typical bourbon type smoke. I don't get a lot of the smoke. I get a little bit of the smoke, but um, I wonder if we let it sit for a minute, let some of that carbonation come off in the bottle and let it warm up a little bit if we'll get more. Yeah, it's not very smoky to me either. I get more smoke than I get bourbon. It says it's the perfect... To, it's perfect to pair with anything grilled or smoked. On the second go, I got the smoke, but it's not like a it's not like a <clears throat> like a charred smokiness. It's like a it's like a sm- it's like a sweetness, like a yeah. Um, Angie, go make us a smoked brisket, please. Okay, I'll get right on that. Whip whip one up real quick, will you? <laughs> it's a smoked pork belly, is what they would. They would drink it with. That'll work too. I don't have that, guys. Um. <laughs> oh yes, you do. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. I'll just get Homer and wow. carve a pig belly. <laughs> Getting a little catty in here with the uh... smoked Homer belly. Wait, perhaps, wait, you f- filled a bar with that nice smoky smell we all like. <laughs> the bar smells like trash. <laughs> I still think the the Jackios takes the the prize for me. I think I like the Jackios best too. But again. The coffee it throws it all off. I don't know if it's. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like this barrel aged beers are not my favorite uh, category, genre, what have you, um, of beer. So <coughs> this really isn't. I mean, everything's good, good enough. I'm just not particularly thrilled by any of it. Well, it's it, it's it was sort of the sort of the next big thing with craft beer. There was the big IPA, the double IPA, the, the you know, the giant hot bomb IPAs. And then that was sort of the next trend that started maybe three, four years ago. Longer, perhaps. Uh, I mean, I think they've been brewing uh, Bourbon County for and putting it out for been five, while, five yeah. six years, seven years, something like that. So it's, but it's been a growing trend. And, and it continues to grow, and it continues to be hot, and people continue to get in their car to drive uh, hours for beers like Bourbon County and Dark Lord, and and people stood in line for Dark Charge, and people stood in line for Access Monday. So it's it, it's not it's a trend that's not going anywhere, and there's a lot of big beer lovers who like big beers, who like beers with big flavors that are going to keep drinking these uh, barrel-aged stouts. Please reach out to us on Periscope uh, at uh, at uh, Cincy Brewcast on Twitter to, to Angie. Let us know not only what you're drinking tonight, if you're joining us in a beer, uh, but also what your favorite uh, barrel-aged uh, beer is, what your favorite barrel-aged stout, and so forth and so on, and uh, and and what you get in Tina, Angie, if you've got something. I, no, I don't, but I'm anxiously awaiting. Okay, did you, so, did, we had we did just have a question. It was oh, um, I must admit, <laughs> she she was waiting to to to, <laughs> to chime in with, the, with her. No, I haven't heard anything. I missed it. Not bad. <laughs> it was. Has anybody here tried rum barrel aged beers? Um, which probably 
the biggest one recently would have been Madri's rum pump can, um, which I liked, but I liked the bourbon better. Um, I'm trying to think of what other rum barrel beers I've tried. I I don't think I've I don't think I've tried anything with with rum barrel. Uh, I think uh, I've done the um, uh, I think I've done a couple of sherry uh, barrel aged beers, and the bourbon uh, and a couple of wa- uh, red wine uh, aged, but nothing uh, nothing in rum yet. Uh, and again, that's the, the you you know it's interesting because the subtlety of the flavor of rum just in and of itself. Uh, wouldn't seem to lend itself it would almost seem to be overpowered you have to have the right kind of beer it it almost comes off a lot of times as like a buttery kind of taste um almost kind of um well buttery i guess you know buttery sweet kind of flavor which um you know i don't know that it lends itself to a ton of styles but i want to see more stuff aged in wine barrels Okay. That's my hope for All the right. future. Uh, so, um, um, <coughs> Eyes of the World uh, from Tip Triple C Brewing in Charlotte. Uh, smoked, uh, smoked porter, uh, barrel-aged smoked porter. Any idea how much? Um, no, it was a Christmas present. Christmas gift. Probably, probably, you know, <laughs> probably it's, two ninety nine in a the discount bin. It's on sale. <laughs> Uh, Bourbon County Stout, if you can get it, I think I paid twelve ninety nine down in Memphis for the uh, Bourbon County Stout and the Jackie O's. Uh, if they still have it, it's in the fifteen dollar a bottle range. Sixteen to eighteen dollars for uh, for, uh, for a for the sixteen to eighteen dollars on Periscope says for the, for the eyes of the world for the eyes of the world. Sorry, and then around fifteen bucks uh, for just a twelve ounce bottle of the Jackie O's uh, Champion Ground. So, um, which I think was worth it. I think it's damn. I think it's damn good. Uh, so uh, listen, that's it for from the beer fridge. It's never. It's never it for from the beer fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we're going to talk about. I think we got something else down here in the corner. But we're... okay, we'll be right back with uh, part one of our interview with uh, Jeff Hunt from Mad Tree Brewing, talking all things Mad Tree 2.0 here on Cincy Brewcast. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, Eight Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones.
This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Cincy Brewgas. My name is Mike Cisneros. I'm joined by the Gnarly Gnome once again. And right now we are so honored and, and pleased to be joined by Jeff Hunt, one of the co-founders of Mad Tree Brewing. And uh, Jeff, as, I, as we were talking right before uh, we got underway here, I've met Brady a few times. I've met, you know, we've had Kenny on the show. And of course, I've met Kenny several times, both socially and just floating around the tap room here and stuff. And... Uh, and, but I've never met you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't make it out quite as much as them. I've got uh, three kids at home, uh, three under four, and a wife, and I try to spend a lot of my free time with them. I spend a lot of hours here, so you know the few moments I get at home are great with the kids. Well, it's it's great you were able to join us because we we are the show on uh, on Monday night. Podcast usually hits on Tuesday afternoon, and on Wednesday afternoon the Cincinnati Craft brewing world blew up if you will uh in my <laughs> inbox uh at cincybrewcast.com i see the uh the the press release from mike stewart who was so kind enough to get get you to parse out some time for us today uh to to talk to you about it sure. and it's it's mad tree 2.0 presaged in our show back in august with right. uh, kenny uh, he was talking about it said it was going to happen said they were hoping to have something before the end of the year and he was very true to his word because six months after our, our conversation with him, here you guys are. It's got to be, first of all, congratulations. And it's got to be just a mind boggling, mind blowing. Certainly is for people like the gnome it's, who cover craft beer in Cincinnati, that it's just an amazing meteoric rise. And you guys have just got to be so proud. It's been incredible for us. I mean, we did not expect the uh, acceptance by the Cincinnati community as much as we have. I mean, not not necessarily acceptance, but the love of craft beer. We knew it was here in the city. We knew it was just like burgeoning, and uh, we were super excited to uh, be able to grow as fast as we are and to put something as we are together with uh, what we're calling Mad Tree 2.0. Right. The uh, location over on Mat over on Madison Road. Uh, it's uh, a big. Uh, it's a huge facility, Noam. You walked around over there on it's, Wednesday. It, it it blows you away when you walk in there. It's you know kind of. You know, we've always talked about you know some of the bigger places, you know Rheingeist and places like that, where you walk in and it just it, it takes your breath away just from the space. And I really think that that's that's what this new place is going to be like. It. I I I said that. Um, I, I love this facility here. I love this space, but there's still something different about this new place. It almost has more of a, a, a soul to it than, than this was just kind of repurposed and just, it worked for what it was starting up. But this, it's like, it was meant to be, you know, it's, it, it's, it's impressive to walk in there. When I first saw that space, I've actually, I used to live right down the road in Oakley and I moved a little bit further um, to the Mount Lookout area. But when I saw that space for it, man, that'd be an incredible brewery. Like yeah. that'd be awesome to be able to put a brewery in there. But you know, this is space we landed on initially. And, uh, when that, when we found out that place was, uh, being shut down and it was going to be sold soon, it was kind of a, 
well, we should see what we can do about this. And uh, there was a lot of a lot of legwork that went into it. Um, you know, we've we've known about the space for a while, and we've been trying to put it together. There's a lot of due diligence and a lot of background work that happens. It doesn't happen overnight, just like right. Madry 1.0 didn't happen overnight. You know, we we've been playing this for well over a year now. The former uh, Rock 10, uh, I guess, industrial facility, uh, 3301 Madison Road. Uh, you know right kind of on the outskirts but for, for most people to understand in cincinnati even if you don't go there it's, it's pretty much right across the street from crossroads church and also the new uh center that's been built over there with the giant kroger store and the movie theater and all that stuff so kind of right smack dab and sort of a second i guess entertainment district that's starting to come about there uh in i guess what is that East East Oakley or yeah. South Oakley or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Just, just this side, just the Oakley side of Ridge, of Ridge Avenue. Yeah, I think people are going on like the East Corridor or the East uh, entrance to Oakley. Um, how, if you can't tell us, we certainly understand, but how many other, and if you can mention to us, uh, even if you don't want to get into specifics, facilities did you guys look at? Before and and, and you, then it sounds to me like you're saying this was kind of love at first sight for the Rock Ten building. It, it was definitely a love at first sight, but there were a few other spots um, in the area that we were looking at. Uh, we we really liked this area. We really wanted to stay here, um, so we were trying really hard to find something and uh, to try and work things out with um, you know the city and the state to try and keep us here too. Um, you know, we are a very young company and. We've been doing very well, but it takes a little bit of help, especially to redevelop a site like that. Well, and every uh, you know, everybody knows. How, I mean, just in just the limited amount of time that we've been doing the program, we've talked to so many brewers that have talked about how difficult it is to do something from the ground up, make a you know make a brewery, get into spaces, uh, the licensing, the permits the all of that stuff and that really hasn't even gotten underway for you guys on the new facility but let me ask you this will your experience here and what you've already done here sort of grease the grease the rails a little bit for you when it comes to the second building that definitely helps out i mean we we did a lot of planning for this facility um we spent a lot of time building it up a lot of people will think we just popped out of nowhere but we had a good year year and a half that we were planning before we actually started brewing and brewing at this facility um so our experiences there are definitely a lot of lessons learned uh we feel we put together a really good facility here um but at the same time we did learn a few things that'll help put us uh in a better spot when we open up next one when what what was it about the building? Was it just the sheer size that really got you turned on, or I think partly the location, um, the fact that it was a little bit closer to the heart of the Oakley community. Um, you know, we 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 kind of have been in between spots here. You know, we have a, a a great community right up the hill with Pleasant Ridge. We have Oakley right down the street. We have some great com- communities surrounding us, but we haven't been a very walkable brewery or anything like that. Um, so being in a spot that could connect us a little bit more to a community was important to us. Um, and, you know, we, we, I used to live in Oakley. Kenny currently lives in Oakley and the community itself meant a lot to us. Um, so being able to, to move to that facility was great. 
I'd say the second thing was the actual building itself was so it was big but it has that kind of old industrial feel but it still has kind of that beauty the the brick facade uh the the uniqueness with that airport hangar that uh kwanzaa hut there it it just had all these unique factors that just kind of tied it all together yeah the, the only the only bit of it i've seen gnome is was on the uh report uh, on wlwt uh by dan griffin who came in here on wednesday and, and they shot uh they shot through in the facility and i went I looked at it, the first time I saw it was this morning, and I looked at it and I went, holy cow, man, it's gigantic, <laughs> man. This is going to land, you know, you get you hold an airship in there. You, is Mantry going to buy a blimp? Or <laughs> when, when I walked in there, I was kind of kind of looking around in the, the front warehouse space there and kind of looking around and everything and kind of was poking around in the back. And um, Brew Professor kind of walked up. He's like, oh, you want to see it? I'm like, wow, I've been kind of looking at it. This is really, this is great. This is big. This is neat. And he's like, no, you do you want to see the, the big part? <laughs> <laughs> I said what, and he's like, "Come here," and he, you know, leads me back in the back there, and you know, you open this door, and it just opens up into that big space, which is going to, to house the brewery, and it just, it, I mean, it, it does. You just, you just, oh, <laughs> you know, it, uh, I yeah. cannot wait to see just a, a big sea of stainless steel in there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be impressive. Definitely. When we when we first walked in, we had that same kind of off factor, but from the uh, other perspective, when you're designing it, my my background's engineering, and so one of my favorite parts of this whole brewery process is the design portion and and getting into the nitty-gritty of it you right. start laying everything out in there and you start throwing fermenters in in the brew house and packaging and you're like wow we have just taken up so much space <laughs> like <laughs> how's this gonna be enough and you know your first first impression is wow this is so huge but then you start diving into the nitty-gritty and you're like we, it, we it, gotta Fit some things into this point. <laughs> it's not as big as we thought it was. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of a mundane issue, but something that everybody thinks about and talks about. You mentioned you were interested in the place being a little bit more walkable. Uh, parking. It's it's a big <laughs> issue here at your current facility, which we are at the current Mad Tree facility right now, by the way. Um, enjoying a couple of beers i'm drinking a uh, black forest what are you having this is get off my lawn is that what it's called yeah, yeah. the um it's an irish red with some black currants in it and it's it's a pretty i i enjoy this beer a lot it's uh you know it's got a little bit of that chocolate malt that an irish red has and you can kind of get that in the background notes but then the black currant kind of plays really nicely with that and it's uh the black currant's a little more subtle but it's still kind of in your face because it's a lighter beer so it's and then I'm a huge milk stout guy, so I'm going to drink this black forest till you guys run out of it. So. <laughs> nice. uh, but the parking, uh, yeah, the, the parking here has been kind of atrocious, and we did not expect to have the uh, tap room that we have and the draw of people that we have. So parking has been an issue, you know, ever since we opened the tap room up. Uh, the new spot will have around 240, 250 spaces. I forget exactly how many. Um, whereas now we have like less than 100. So definitely a significant amount of uh, par- parking increase. And um, the walkability too, like yeah. you said, you know, it's, if they should drive down yeah. the amount of cars. If parked. the parking lot fills up for one of those bonanzas, then there's still plenty of places you can park and walk <laughs> right over. So, And then the current facility, what's what What are the plans? When we talked to uh, Gamel Neji from uh, Rivertown, he said they were obviously talking about their expansion that they're going to have out to Monroe. They're going to build the big facility out there uh, from the ground up, and but they're going to keep the uh, Lachlan facility as sort of a incubator test 
test brewery. They'll still have beers on tap. They'll still be doing is, is, is Madtree thinking of something like that? Or is this going to space going to turn more into a warehouse or? We've got a few ideas. Um, nothing that we're going to talk about quite yet because, you know, we have ideas all over the board. Um, so once we start solidifying that, then we'll definitely get into it. But there's there's a lot of cool things that could happen with there's, this space. There's a ton of neat stuff you could do. And, I, I you know, just I, I, I would love to just sit in one of those meetings and hear some of those <laughs> ideas that are we throwing around. I bet you I'm would. Like, I mean, he's like sitting here going, yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> I've planted four <laughs> microphones since we got here. <laughs> Um, eight, $18 million, does that scare you a little bit? Um, I've always said that I'm kind of missing a part of my brain that tells me <laughs> about, like, <laughs> like get, getting into the first one. I was like, yeah, let's just do it. Like, you know, what's the big deal? What's well, a uh, home brewer thing kind of, you know, you're like, see, hey, hey, I need that. Hey, I need that. You know, or anybody, any kind of hobbyist I know with the podcast, but, oh, I really need that. Oh, that's a bit really great. And the next thing you know, you know, your cart from B&H has got $500 worth of stuff in it. So, yeah. Uh, and, and I guess that's got to be kind of the same, kind of the same thing. It's it's a little bit that way. I, uh, I'm, I like to be fairly budget con- conscientious, but uh, at the same time, I like my toys. Um, so I like to load up my cart with things. Um, so I'm on the production side. Kenny's on the financial side, so you know I, I load my cart up, and then Kenny kind of tamps <laughs> it down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's with 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 brewing. It seems like you know every every one of those major purchases has this real obvious change to what's going on. Whereas you know with some other stuff, you spend a whole bunch of money, and it's just just a little bit of a difference that nobody notices, but. It seems like with you guys, every time something happens, you know, a big change, it's like, it, it, it makes this huge difference in what the consumer, the, the, the person sitting on the other side of the bar actually sees. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Especially keep, with keep the, the big, checkbook out. Yeah, especially <laughs> with the big stainless steel tanks. You know, well, you make t- one of those purchases. Yeah, yeah tell us a little bit about uh, the 100-barrel brew house, uh, Sprinkman Corporation, uh, made in USA. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and it must have been really fun. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. To, uh, to decide that that's what you were going to get, huh? So we shopped around a lot. We uh, talked with a lot of the German manufacturers from uh, Braukon to Krohn's and Gia. Um, we also... Looked at a couple more North American Newlands and um, a couple other guys in the, in North America. And Sprinkman has impressed us from the beginning with their attention to their customers as well as the quality of product that they put out. And from the beginning, we had looked all over the place and kind of uh, my, my background is electrical and computer engineering. So I like the software side. I like the controls portion of things. And we decided that we're going to build our own controls for our system, um, which gives us a lot of flexibility and a lot of ability to add things on, uh, change our process very easily, and make it very um, compatible with the brewers so that they have an easy uh, time at brewing. And so we knew we were going to strip a lot of that stuff out. Some of those guys, Braucon, uh, Crohn's, et cetera, they provide you with this package. You know, you kind of buy something off the shelf, and we wanted to customize it. So uh, when we went out looking they were kind of some a partner that um embraced that and they were easy to work with on that you know they there's a little bit of a time difference with germany there's a little bit of a (laughs) communication barrier sometimes um they do have people in the u.s that help you know ease that but the 
the closeness of Sprinkman and their quality of product and their attention to the customer was huge to us. When we talked to uh, Evan Rouse over at Braxton, he's a he's a tinkerer kind of guy. So he likes you know he likes some of the stuff automated and he likes the st- some of the stuff where he has to turn the valves or you know set set dials or whatever. So how how does that how does that jive with no, you? I, I I'd say I'm the same way. Um, I like the hands-on portion and kind of changing things ourselves. Um, however, when you go up to that larger brew house, uh, I like things with a little bit more control. Um, when we're trying to improve our consistency, the more automation that we can put in place, the more it takes the, the human element out of it. Um, not necessarily from the craft side of things where we're coming up with recipes and uh, trying to improve our ingredients and trying to improve our over an overall product, but more from the consistency that the customer sees. Mm. Um, so we're going to keep a hold of our current 15-barrel system. We're going to continue doing fun Which, beers with that. Can we can we address that for a second? So I don't think people understand this how big of a, a jump this is for, <laughs> for Madry to be going from this 15-barrel system, which is small on a lot of you know startups even here in Cincinnati, all the way up to this hundred, I mean, it's it 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 just I I started hearing rumors, you know, a while back about 2.0 and what it was going to be, and you know, I heard the hundred barrel number thrown out there, and I said, oh, that, that, there's no way that's right. There's <laughs> there is no possible way that they can make that kind of a jump and and not be just terrified of that. You're talking about that consistency thing and stuff. Like it's just there's there's definitely a scale up portion to it. Uh, we're trying to keep the same type of process that we currently keep. Um, the trying to mimic our water, et cetera, as we move over. So we're trying to keep the basis of everything that we do the same to make it easier to make that scale happen. But uh, one, one of the impetus for getting that 100-barrel system was we're brewing seven days a week. We start at 5 a.m. We finish at 2 a.m. I've gotten calls at 3 in the morning, <laughs> at 7 in the morning, at eight in the evening sometimes all three the in the morning and seven in the morning <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. i'm i'm tired <laughs> I, I would i would love for us you know that when we start out on the system we're going to be brewing three four days a week and it'll be one or two times a day we'll get to relax a little bit right. we'll get to focus on some other things we'll get to play around with our 15 barrel system a little bit more so it's going to kind of bring us back to our roots a little bit you know we we got into this for a love of craft and uh when you're brewing seven days a week and you're cranking that hard, it's kind of hard to step back and you know enjoy that. That's that's a really good way to put it too. To 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 explain it as you know, putting in this big system enables you to go back to the way it was when it started. When you walked in here and this this room was just this big empty space with a brew system tucked in one side of it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. it, it it it's neat to look at it that way to see how that that that, that big growth makes it almost smaller in some kind of way yeah too. absolutely but you got to sell a lot of beer now man <laughs> and in what little kenny did give us he did give us a couple of nuggets and one of those was that the stretch goal was Mich- michigan and illinois sort of wanting to get into those markets uh and obviously this system will allow you to be able to do that and then some yeah this this system is definitely built for scale um, we kind of said this system allows us to relax, but if we did grow even more than we thought we ever would, if we, you know, we were to make that next jump or whatever, this actually allows us to 
to make that without having to build another facility. Um, and the the size system, the amount of money we're putting in, um, does not mean that we have to grow to the full potential of the system. You know, we we know we'll be successful. Um, you know, if, even if we only achieve a, a fraction of what this system's capable of. So well, you'll know you'll know when you get on the new system and, and you're brewing seven days a week, <laughs> twenty one hours a day. <laughs> what, what, whether or not you need to, whether you need to do even more expansion. Listen, uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, and again, we're being joined uh, by Jeff Hunt, uh, one of the co-founders, along with Brady Duncan and Kenny McNutt of Mad Tree, talking Mad Tree 2.0 and more right here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi fans, I want to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pastura Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pastura.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. Hi again, everybody. Mike Cisneros here, and on the next edition of Cincy Brewcast, we will be coming to you live from Warline Lager House in downtown Cincinnati. We are so proud to have been invited to the mecca of Cincy Craft, and we will be honored to meet with Moreline founder and owner Greg Hardman. We'll talk to Greg about the past, present, and future of Moreline, and also his revitalization of Cincinnati heritage brands, Utapol and Little Kings. Then the heavyweight championship of craft beer will take place. The debate between drink local craft and, if it's good, drink it, no matter where it comes from. Members of the Greater Cincinnati Craft Beer Society will square off on the subject, and then we'll all join in on a broader discussion of, can big beer be craft brewers too? It all happens next Monday, January 18th at Moorline Lager House downtown. The podcast recording on the live Periscope TV feed begins at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So join yours truly, the gnarly gnome, Tina Cisneros, and the rest of the Brewcast team for this very special edition of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This week in beer. And we're back with another edition of This Week in Beer. And uh, and and just one or two things for this week that we're that we're that we know about for sure. But let's real quick talk about we just aired the uh, promo. Uh, we just aired the promo for our show that's gonna be next week. It's gonna Moreline be a fun one, guys. It is gonna be huge. It is uh, our, our, we've done two shows at Braxton. One of them was the holiday extravaganza, uh, and uh, and of course we did our 25th show uh, at Braxton uh, back uh, back in the uh, summer, uh, and those were awesome, incredible shows. And we can't thank uh, John Gandalf, the Rouse family, and everybody over at Braxton for hosting us. But boy, this one just feels like it is going to be the biggest one yet. It, it does feel that way, and I don't know. I don't know exactly those reasons. It's, I guess I don't it's know if because it's, the it's topic. where people go all the time. It's like going to be an it's actual a, like it's like people are going to be popular, there that like, aren't yeah. there for us, but will get to see us it's, and will get to know about us. It's and such it's a gonna huge be topic, though. Too like it just feels like 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 the whole like 
craft beer community is just ready to start shouting about it. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I hope some people like push each other. <laughs> I hope we get some chairs <laughs> right. broken. We, we do not condone violence. At the I Moorline condone violence. As, as, as I said, 8 p.m. next Monday night, January 18th, uh, we'll be in the beer garden uh, at Moorline Lager House. And, you know, I think part of it is just the venue. I mean, yeah. oh, think about it. It's one of the most beautiful when, venues in Cincinnati. When I was over there last week talking to uh, Sean, uh, one of the one of the managers over there about what we were going to do and where we were going to set up and all that kind of stuff. He goes, oh, well, Mike and Mike was right over there. I'm like, Mike and Mike, I get to play in the same house that Mike and Mike played in. Mike and, I and said, Mike and Mike. I said, listen, whatever Mike and Mike did is good enough for Cincy Brewcast. I'll tell you that right now. So we're very excited about it. And of course, I don't think... I really actually think I'm really more excited to talk to Greg Hardman than anything else. I mean, it's he's just, he's a fun guy to talk yeah, to. Yeah, it's just you know we're gonna we're gonna give him about the first half hour, forty five minutes of the show, and then we're going to be joined by some members of the great of uh, the Greater Cincinnati Craft Beer Society to discuss. Just we had the Bourbon County Stout here uh, just a few minutes ago to discuss local versus national. Is it better to drink? Local and only local, or is it okay to you know seek out some of these big whales as we just just discussed the Burby Counties, the Three Floyds, the you know the the Heady Toppers, and you know the what I, you know what I'd like Hunafus and go ahead. Uh, you know, in the show, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. There's an episode that's called the Reynolds versus Reynolds, the cereal defense, and <laughs> Dennis is eating cereal in his car, and Frank rear-ends him. And Dennis wants uh, Frank to pay for the damages to his car, then the damages to the interior for the cereal spilling all over everywhere. So but, can somebody pay for the damages to but, my liver? Right, but Frank. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? But Frank wants to. I'm suing Tina. Um, yeah, um, but Frank is like, well, no, you assumed you the, the risk of right. eating cereal in your car. Like that's weird. So they had like a little, like. What, what did they even call it? It was like a board. It was like an on-the-fence thing. Yeah, it was on an like on-the-fence thing. Were and we're as, this is your show. You ran it in. As compelling as the, the arguments are, they move like whether they're for the Frank like or for Dennis. Yeah. Like they're a little... The back. Yeah. <laughs> I like, think I finally understand where she's going and with And I this. think that we should have one to see if we're going to sway anybody. I'll Do build it. it. Make it. All build right. It. Hell All right. yeah. What is it on the next Food Network star? Do you guys ever watch that show? They have these little things they give the audience. and like The dial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anybody has any dials, can you uh, send them over? <laughs> yeah. We want that. Okay. We want that. So you put that together. So and we will use it. There will be an yeah. audience mic. We can people will be able to step up and provide their opinions. I almost then, feel like a great way to do it would be like to give everybody that's participating like two minutes to state their case. Jasper. Let's do it like a courtroom. We'll, do it like a like. I've a been watching debate. a lot of Making a Murderer, so. <laughs> So Tina's anyway, that's that's next week. Couple gonna, of, listen, we're going to take a sh- we're going to take another short break, and then we will uh, come back and we'll talk a little bit more this week in beer. But again, January eighteenth, eight p.m. the live podcast recording, the Periscope TV. If you can't join, which if you can't join us, there's something wrong with you because <laughs> because I, we are going to have a great time. Us. It is going to be terrific. And uh, again, eight p.m. Periscope, eight p.m. at Moreline Lager House, and downtown Cincinnati. And get on Facebook and, and, and RSVP to the event and share it with all your friends and stuff. There's plenty of space there. And 
if anything else, you'd go there and get some dinner. We would just candied love pork, pork candied pork belly. We, we'd love to to fill up the beer garden with Cincy Brewcast fans. So yes, if, you're, if you if 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 you can at, at all come, well, that's, way. you know, we'll take you we'll, on. We'll take hecklers uh, just as just as easily as we'll take fans. So okay, we'll be right back on Cincy Brewcast uh, in just a moment uh, with part two of our interview. This time, Kenny McNutt joins Jeff Hunt. Uh, to talk about everything that going on at Mad Tree, including the Winter Bonanza coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast and be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. All right, uh, Mike Cisneros and the Gnarly Gnome uh, once again with you here on Cincy Brewcast, uh, joined once again by Jeff Hunt, uh, one of the co-founders of Mad Tree, talking all things Mad Tree. And, um, Gnome, you had a question well, to start with. I'm a little curious, and, and this is kind of a, a guesstimate, kind of, well, I guess it's probably not a guesstimate, but how, how big could you be? in that space. <laughs> I know you guys have to have done the math. Not that you are going to ever be that big, but how? Yeah, so I guess theoretically we could uh, we could exceed probably 450,000 barrels with the new system. Um, and that's, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, what we're designing is essentially a system that can be scaled up to do 14 batches in a day wow. with hundred barrels of output so that how, means, many, how many different beers is that 14 different beers you could do in a day or uh well we could do 14 okay. different beers or we could do 14, 14 batches of one or, yeah okay, I got so yeah that that's kind of uh every batch could be different but yeah that that's kind of the theoretical maximum per day um of the system but then you know you, you do need some downtime for uh fixing things in your system and everything like that so that, so that's in, kind of an in unknown. That's, oh, that, yeah. that's what I was just curious, just yeah. as far as the size of the space, how big it could get. Yeah, um, so the, actually the current space, we're going to be limited to up to 180,000 barrels gotcha. in that space. Gotcha. We'd have to build a separate building and do a little mini expansion. Um, and really, we've, we've kind of laid out some fermenters in the in the space that if we were to do that, it would kind of take us to like 420, 425,000 barrels. Wow. Man, oh man. Well, I don't know if we've satisfied the our brewing nerd and homebrewing <laughs> audience out there that likes to <laughs> talk about, you know, the nuts and bolts of, of brewing. But I'm a I'm a I'm a creature comfort guy, as you might be able to tell. And some of the stuff uh 
64 taps, mirrored, 32 inside, and then 32 in a 10,000 square foot, partially covered outdoor beer garden with uh, walls walled in. And uh, and what you've got out here is great. It's it's not huge, but it, I really like it. It's really nice to sit out there, uh, you know, when the weather's nice. So this is just going to be amazing. And t- tell us if you even have any idea of kind of what the guest experience is going to be how many people you're going to be able to accommodate so forth and so on if you have that sort of in 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 mind yet yeah i'd say that kenny has a little bit is a little better with the numbers i know that we have a certain seating capacity outside but with ten thousand square feet a lot of people can kind of meander around if they want um but i'd say from what we want the our guests to experience is kind of similar to what we have here um there will be a little bit more communal type of tables that we want people to sit around and, you know, can I sit here? And then conversations strike right. up, make some friends. Um, community is pretty big to us. But uh, outside of that, we want, you know, we the tap room here was kind of an afterthought. Uh, they had passed the law that allows us to do that after we had put all of our plans in place. So we were like, yeah, let's put in a tap room. Um we want it to be a little bit nicer experience. We want people to come in and uh, feel a little bit more at home, uh, feel a little bit like they're in a, I mean, not a high-class place, but, you know, a nice place. Um, so we want to kind of build that experience for them. At the same time, it's a cool industrial space. There's a lot of cool things in the space right now, and we want to try and pull some of those out and showcase uh, some of the some of the things that it was used for and some of the cool uh i think there's some art that can come from it that could uh enhance the you know the experience of people coming in uh separate little merchandise shop or more more on what the uh, on the order of what you've got and i know again yeah. i know there's probably stuff that maybe you haven't <laughs> even thought of yet no uh, we we've definitely laid stuff some of that stuff out um we we kind of like our current model where people can go up and look at everything there, try things on. They're still within the brewery and still a part of the space. So we're going to try and capture that, um, try to keep it a little bit more out of the way, I think, um, so that it doesn't get in the way of people enjoying their time. Um, but, yeah, there will be the uh, Catch Fire Pizza Kitchen moving over with us as, as well. They're going to expand their kitchen so that they can serve people faster and better. Um We'll we'll get a. Uh, there he is. How you doing? There's there's Kenny McNutt. Everybody, how you doing today? Good. All right, Kenny uh, McNutt joins us. Uh, is here. Hi, Kenny. How you doing, man? Welcome back to Cincy Brewcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, we were just talking, kind of the guest experience. What you guys were thinking about as far as, uh, you know, what kind of what the what the atmosphere was going to be like inside and and. Uh, inside the new facility congratulations by the way uh i, I asked some of the other questions of jeff you know h- how scary is it and, <laughs> you know 18 million oh my god and, what did he say kind of he said oh my god <laughs> <laughs> cried a little bit so. yeah there was a little tear <laughs> well uh yeah the, the the experience is really important we want to transfer the feel that we have here um uh, there, there are two things that that we know the tap room has always lacked here, which is parking and uh, ample restrooms. And we want to make sure that, that we solve that problem initially, immediately. Uh, so there, there's lots and lots of restrooms, probably more restrooms than we'll ever need at the new place. Um, and then 230, 240 parking spots. Uh, 
the fear is, well, so a lot of the, we're keeping two of the buildings and then we're gonna, going to construct a new tap room to connect the two existing buildings. So the fear there is that it's going to feel too new and, and too fresh. Uh, we, I mean, we want it obviously to look nice and feel nice, but we, d we don't want it to look like, um, uh, you know, a hospital, right? We, 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 or a fern bar. Oh, or <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but we'll keep the same feel. You know, we'll have a lot of reuse because that's, that's kind of the look and feel we have here. We have doors for tables. We'll probably have doors for tables there too, a little bit nicer, but still the same concept. Right. A lot of wood, a lot of metal, um, a, lot, a lot of concrete, but the same concept. Again, just talking uh, earlier to Jeff, and we get your take on it real quick about just the, the the sheer size. When you were with us back back in August, we talked about you talked about your stretch goal being uh, what uh, Michigan and Illinois to uh, start introducing the product there, and you're stretching like you know what <laughs> right now, aren't you? <laughs> I may have had some of that information when we were uh, when we were talking back in August, um, but yeah, we want to be. We've always said we want to be a regional craft brewery. We want to be the most respected um, brewery in the region, uh, and to do that, we need to at least satisfy the, the the tri state So you've got all of Ohio. We're in 48 counties right now in Ohio. We want to be in the entire state of Ohio. Three counties in Kentucky. There's a lot left in Kentucky, and then you know Indiana is part of that tri-state. Um, and then we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, that was one of the when I, sorry to interrupt, but no, when I when I posted the sort of the Twitter thing and the the and the uh, the Facebook thing on on Wednesday you know a lot of the questions were how about Indiana so they're they're dying for it over there I guess yeah we keep we keep hearing from uh, from the folks in Indiana so <laughs> so, so hopefully we get some beer over there uh, uh, sooner than later absolutely I'm just I'm I, it's interesting to me too to see that you know a brewery that's that's only been around three years how you guys have, are now becoming this this figurehead of of Cincy craft beer, you know, you you've become what people are looking to as as an example. And how, I mean, I don't know if you guys have have thought about that at all, and and kind of where your place in this community is now, and how that. Um, I don't know if there's really a good question in there or not, but <laughs> um, well, it's just it's it's interesting to me that you know, right? Well, like like we've always said, we want to be a big part of the community. And whether that's giving back to the local charities or it's helping out fellow breweries, um, we want to be a big part of it. And you know, I feel, I feel that breweries in general are, are kind of considered a big part of the community. Right. Um, you know, it's it's your local hangout. It's it's where you like to go. You you always you want you want breweries involved in everything because beer's cool, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. <laughs> I think the brewing community is a little bit different too, because uh, you know we deal with a lot of different manufacturers and they constantly tell me how interesting it is how we all talk and how we talk about our different equipment and everything but other industries are super closed so we learn a lot from each other i mean we've learned a lot moving into this and we like to share the knowledge too so it's kind of a a, a loving community of any, like improve. any plan to expand that to craft beer journalists at all? Or, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you. I, so I, I, I was even in a conversation with somebody this morning, and I said, you know, I said for something as, uh, I don't know, almost mundane or whatever as, as, as brewing beer, those guys sure play it close to the vest a lot. You know? I mean, you'd think they'd be more you know, forthcoming. That's what than, makes it but, fun. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – but uh, and, again, we certainly appreciate you guys joining us uh, today. Um, I wanted to ask you just because we've met Kenny and we talked to Kenny kind of about this uh, back, when, back when we had him on August, but kind of your personal little bit of your personal journey toward this point 
you know, kind of where you started, why you got interested in Why the hell do you do this? What, yeah, what the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I went to Ohio State for my undergraduate, and uh, at that time there was a friend of mine who started a craft beer club, and we just tried a different beer every week. It was just a singular beer. Uh, it was everybody's turn every week to just bring a six-pack and share among six people. And that kind of got me kicked off with beer itself. I didn't drink a whole lot of Natty Light or anything as an undergraduate. I drank a lot of, I drank a lot of the kind of the gateway beers, Killian's, Newcastle, etc. And then kicked on the craft, and that just opened it up from there. Uh, met Kenny and got into home brewing, and saw Cincinnati as a little underdeveloped with beer, uh, and it was an opportunity that, you know, let's let's try and do something and shake things up and. It was, and now you, as Dome was saying, you have sort of almost become the the gurus. I mean, there, you know, I mean, you might go to the mountain, you, know, you might go to the mountain with Dan Listerman or with you know Mike Dewey, as people that have been in it a, a really long time. But as far as the new sort of the new breed, uh, do you guys feel any kind of responsibility for? You know, every all the little guys, you know, because there's, hell, what is it, Gnome? Six How or seven many, people you know, coming up. You talk about, uh, you know, your gateway beers being Killians and stuff like that. And every day there's there's new drinkers that are walking in the store that this is their, their gateway. This is this is where it starts for them. They see this, oh, my God, this is what I want to do. And it's, it's it's neat to see that and, and to to think about that, I guess, that how the, the growth is happening. And I, I think that uh, overall, you know, we want to be supportive of everybody we want to make we want to make everybody feel welcome and try and help them out uh you know the the end goal is great beer and we put a lot of time and research into things and this some people might think that this happened overnight but like i said before it was a year and a half in in the making before we started making beer itself maybe longer than that and uh it i spend a lot of my nights i, I spend good you know 16 of my 24 hours a day thinking about beer thinking about <laughs> you know equipment whatever and uh that's that's the thing that i would you know want to make sure that other people have that same input and passion into what they're doing and understand that yeah to get to get it to get into this big league here you've got to be doing that you know you can't make it you know you can't, you can't make it if you're not going all the time thinking about it and trying to keep you know, trying to keep up and or trying to develop or trying to. Speaking of developing, uh, one of the things that we have not even really touched on is the is the is the packaging is 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 the, is is are, are you guys are then are going to even package more. So is there more uh, a larger canning system, a larger uh, you know? For yeah, you? it's going to be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> It'll definitely be a larger canning line. <laughs> and then more product. Coming, coming to cans. I mean, we, we've already got the Rubus Cacao, which I'm drinking right now. It's fant- absolutely fantastic, as it always is. Uh, and the identity crisis is coming here in the next couple of months, I suppose. We got uh, a little something up our sleeves, too. It'll be coming soon. Yeah. I know the cans people are... Uh, what, what, well, there was there was a little bit of a, a, a ruckus online when people saw the, uh, the schedule for the next year that Spry is gone. Oh, yeah. So hopefully it's something to replace that that'll make people happy. Tina, you guys know... Or I don't know if you know Tina, but Kenny, you know Tina, my daughter, and, and who's usually with us on the show and, and actually joins us uh, 
when we come back uh, from this segment, uh, said somebody was looking had one of the cans and it had beer in it, and they, they were looking at it and they were like, "Oh, look!" And you can see it. It's it it's, it says it's it, you know it says identity crisis both ways, and she's turning it <laughs> pouring beer on <laughs> pouring beer on the floor. So uh, and, and you know, and I don't know how many beers this person had had or whatever, but. Um, so more, more of it, more of all of it. More product in cans, more different products, more That's, core beers, more. Yeah, we, we've got the you know identity crisis coming soon. You've got Rubus Cacao that just came out last Thursday, it has done very very well for us here in the tap room as it is. You can find it in the market starting next week. Um, but we've got another one that we we've yet to really announce. It'll be coming this year. Um, and you've seen that Pilgrim was approved. The can was approved last year. Mm-hmm. We don't have any immediate it plans for it. approved right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I we, was so hoping. We, we weren't really <laughs> in the market to throw that out there so people could see it, but that's what happens when, you know, you get you get public approval then, or you get approval from a public entity. It's going to be published. Um, so we don't have any immediate plans for that. You may not see it this year. Um, we just wanted to get it, get it done and, and ready, ready to, to go, go moving forward. So nothing else, no big cans that I can think of. Um, we love the high series, so you may see something later on, an, another high beer being developed. We'll see. And then, and then, what's gone absolutely off the hook is the is the bottle series, the trunk series, and then the uh, the funk the, the funk, funk series. series. Yeah. When when can we can we when can we see <laughs> some of that? We've just been teasing that for the last like, year. That's a joke. That's a big inside joke around here, right? Oh, all those people are waiting for the funk series. We were actually joking joking about that the other day. We said, you know, what if we actually just never released a funk series beer? And the labels kept coming out. Then it just becomes this legend. Like, oh, man, did you see the latest funk series? And then you float it, float it. Like, you know, Noam says, oh, yeah, they gave me a little bit last week. I would totally bite on that if you guys started putting labels through that. I would. Uh, Uh. yeah, it's so cool that, that you guys are, and and the fact, and again, it, it it happens every time, and everybody seems like everybody in this business, all the guys that are the founders and then the owners and the and the people that are that are brewing and and so forth are so so damn cool, and, and you guys are so cool. It's 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 you know that's what makes it so so much fun to do something like this. Uh, tell us a little bit real quick uh, before we go about the the bonanza coming up because that was one of the reasons I wanted to talk to somebody to begin with. So tell us a little bit about, a little bit about the bonanza uh, on the heels of a very successful summer bonanza. And this would be the what the second or the third? This would be the, the third. The third. Our yes, third sir. birthday is coming up on January twenty second. Oh my gosh! Be, that'll be three years since we made the first batch of we called it batch one, but. Happy Amber, effectively, is what it was, the precursor to Happy Amber. So that's crazy that that was three years ago, almost three years ago. Um, yeah, Winter Bonanza is um, January 30th, Saturday. I believe that's the right day. Um, it is that Saturday. Uh, starts at noon, ends at eh, 1 a.m. Uh, we're going to have... <laughs> or thereabouts. Yeah, whatever. Ish. We're going <laughs> to have uh, several bands, including the Rumpke Mountain Boys, um, some DJs uh, all through the day, lots of beer, lots and lots of beer. We've got a lot of guest beers coming in, the official list. Uh, if it hasn't been partially released, it should be released hopefully this week, next is, week. Is this the longest list we've had yet, or is it the same as? Yes, I believe this is the longest beer list that we've had so yeah. far. Number, estimate, quick number? If I had to guess, um, we're 30, 30 to 40 different uh, beers 
Um, I, 40 or I was thinking 40, but I didn't want to set an expectation too high. <laughs> if I was wrong. <laughs> I, I think it's in the 30 to 40s of outside beers, so there's still right. be and, and then 30 lots to of 40 beers. outside beers. Right, right. That better. doesn't include our beers, right. and we've got a lot of beers we've been sitting on, some cellar beers, um, uh, some barrel-aged variants, you name it, things that you've seen in the past, some old favorites. Excellent. Parking, as always, not here at the facility, right. but at the uh, – It'll be fifth, fifth Third, correct. Fifth Third and Coke or just Fifth Third? It's just Fifth Third. Just Fifth Third this time. Okay. And there'll and, be buses to take you back and forth, so it should be very easy easy to do. All, you know, be safe. Get an Uber if you, um, if you need to. Gentlemen, again, I can't thank you enough, and I'd like to thank again Mike Stewart, the brew professor, for putting this together with you guys, and I know uh, especially uh, Jeff and Kenny, too. Your personal time is very valuable to you, and uh, we appreciate you making the time for us on Cincy Brewcast uh, on kind of your family day and so forth, and we really appreciate it. Good luck to you guys, and... When we we want to be in here with a live show at some point, and then we want to be over there when you guys uh, finally open up. We, and anything we can do on that end, you let us know, and we'll we'll take care of it. Yeah, Sounds good. We'd love to have you back. Thank thanks you a lot, gentlemen. Jeff Hunt and Kenny McNutt uh, here at uh, Mad Tree Brewing. Uh, we'll be right back with more on Cincy Brewcast right after this. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Sean Willingham from Municipal Brew Works in Hamilton, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Good, but a little less shatter. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Perfect. I wish she would have been on tape. I wish she had a mic in front of her. <laughs> This week in beer. Uh, one big thing again tomorrow at uh, at at Rivertown, uh, which they announced tonight. I guess their barbecue pit has opened up. They're doing a uh, they're doing the Rivertown barbecue now. Uh, just happened on Facebook. They're talking about brisket. They're talking about brisket and that. So I guess they've they've started that, and then they're also uh, releasing a beer tomorrow, big time. Uh, Big time black I'm, IPA. I'm dying to Big try time. this beer. I was at um, Dogberry's uh, anniversary party this last weekend and ran into um, Zach from Great Miami Hops, which is the uh, the hop farm that they teamed up with to do this beer. And we were kind of talking about what they were working on and some of the plans that they have and stuff and a little bit about this beer. And uh, I'm, I'm now chomping at the bit to try it. It's a uh, black IPA, I think 7% ABV, something like that. Um uh, I, I, you know, fresh hops. I love fresh hops. Fresh wet hops. So, it's uh, it's and, my and, winter and what's season. The, what's the name of it? It is the Great Miami Hop Project Episode One. Ah, um, very good. Episode One. So, so we can count on we can count on many more. Um, I would assume so, but yeah. and of course uh, it's part of their liquid engine. And of course, that's in and, uh, that's in uh, the, the hop farm is in Fairfield. It's in Fairfield. Yeah. Have you had a chance to be, get, get out there? We, we, you're from Fairfield. It, it is smack in between my house and my parents' house. So every time we visit my parents, we drive past it, and my face is pressed up against the window <laughs> like, a, like a little kid. And I'm like, I think I see one sprouting, honey. And when they <laughs> when they first planted the hops out there, we were driving past and we saw the um, the big trellises going up. And I'm like, honey, I, I 
I think that's a hop farm. And she just kind of laughed it off. That's not a hop farm. Nobody would put a hop farm in What the hell? You're, you're the gnarly gnome. You don't know what the hell you're talking about when it <laughs> right. comes to beer. And uh, um, sure shit, it's a hop farm in Fairfield. So it's fun. And, you know, there's there's a few breweries in this area that I'm sure would love some fresh hops. Uh-huh. And uh, this next year should be fun. I'm thinking it's going to be a growing thing. We've, you know, we've had uh, uh, Dave Volkman and Nina Volkman from Ohio Valley Hops on uh, several times already, and and it's just they they're they're say the, you know, they were telling us the phone's kind of ringing off the hook. Uh, you know, there's there's some, went, there's some big stuff happening with them that I don't know is, um, the ink is probably not dry quite yet. Um, uh, We'll talk to them in the very near future, I'm sure, okay. and I'll tell you a little bit off the air and okay. um, wet your whistle. So, All right. um, stay tuned because there's big stuff happening. Sounds out there. good. Yeah, can't wait. And, and again, uh, nicer people you can't find, uh, and they're really in into the uh, into the into the craft into the craft beer and also into the into the hops and growing the hops and stuff like that, and uh, and really want to do. A lot of quality stuff, so that's uh, that's really important for the uh, for the industry uh, all over. Anything else uh, this week uh, that we know about for sure? Uh, that's the big stuff that I can think of off the top of my head. Obviously, Madry just tapped that Rubus Cacao, and it's in stores. Um, uh, we didn't talk about real quick, uh, just expansion wise. Uh, pictures went up on social media this week at blanks from Blank Slate. Uh, um, yeah, Blank Slate, and um, also Listerman. Yes, um, finally tore down a wall and. Um, Everybody seems to be growing, and it's it's fun to see. Yeah, everybody's flexing their muscles, getting bigger, and you know, doing, trying to slake the thirst of the craft beer masses yeah. here in Cincinnati. It's a pretty amazing time to be a part, uh, to be whatever small part of the industry that we are, uh, and to be and to be privileged again to talk about it and to be able to talk to again great people like Jeff and Kenny and Dave Volkman and you know Scott Lafollette and all of all the guys that we've been so fortunate enough to talk with. Uh, and I mentioned it in the interview uh, that we're going to play from Mad Tree. It's just how freaking cool all these people are it's it's mind-blowing it's hard to believe that that so many people i mean there's not really a clunker in the bunch i haven't met one yet so i mean i mean you know i mean really i mean you know i I wouldn't say if i had but you know in the extended craft beer community i've met a couple well you know but uh, that's you know but the brewers themselves the founders the owners fantastic people uh and a lot of the ancillary people too are just terrific so uh Anything else? Anybody get anything else? I think we're going to wrap it up. We've gone yeah. almost an hour, and we got a forty-minute interview. We got to throw in with uh, Kenny and uh, with uh, Jeff Hunt, so uh, we better get off of here. Anything? Uh... Rest in peace, David Bowie. Mm. David Bowie passed away today. Here's here's a little bit for him. Here's a drink for him. Well, we out. <laughs> you got to clean that up. She poured it out. <laughs> I'm not cleaning it up. <laughs> she did pour it out. So listen, uh, that's it for uh, this edition of Cincy Brewcast. Uh, Angie Cisneros, uh, thank you very much. Tina Cisneros, ahoy ahoy, uh, Overlook Lodge. Yep. Uh, Gnarly Gnome, gnarlygnome.com. Absolutely. And my name is Mike Cisneros. We appreciate you joining us tonight. And thank you for listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Crab. We'll see you at the Logger House. Yes. Yes.